everybody and welcome back to Indie Corner Radio. This is still season three. Uh, sorry I took a little bit of a break, but uh, I had a lot going on. Uh, but I decided to bring it back and now I bring it back with a vengeance. This is going to be a weekly podcast. And to start it off, we've got Will Colazzo here. How you doing, Will? What's up, Jonathan? Man, happy to be here. What's going on, brother? I am really excited because um, you're a name that like, um, I knew of like a few years ago, but you really started to, to like get stuff done like right after COVID and um, <laughs> during COVID things took off, man. <laughs> I know, right? It's I think you know what? Let's talk about that because I really I I think a lot of people don't think about it, but there was a lot of downtime for a lot of filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time of not making films, right? Because we couldn't, yeah. you know, uh, there, you weren't allowed to fly people out. You weren't allowed to do a lot of stuff. You had to wear masks, everything. We still have to wear masks a lot, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, but it's like, it, it got to be sort of a thing where people weren't, you know, uh, we're, we're just not going to make movies because, you know, you weren't sure if somebody was going to have COVID on set or something. But Oh th- my God, I got stories about that. Man. Okay, let's Crazy. actually talk about that. <laughs> Talk, yeah, tell us, tell so, us a little source. So basically, I shot Bloody Nun 2 in 2018, and we couldn't finish it until 2021. And then Can't Murder popped up. So it was literally right when COVID. So I went to Willsboro, uh, Pennsylvania to shoot Mark Polonia, and we didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. Mark's like, the numbers are so low here. Don't worry. And uh, nobody was wearing masks. It was too hot to wear the mask. So we didn't know. I thought I had it. Um, Jamie Morgan started uh, coughing and saying she had a headache. She just freaked out in the middle. We were shooting and stuff. So Greta, that she's a really nice girl. I can't remember her last name. Greta Vol- uh, Volkoff, I think. Or yeah, something. Greta Volkoff was like freaking out. And she called me. She's like, Will, you got to do something. I think Jamie has COVID. We were <laughs> freaking out. So we got the shoot done. And at the last day before I left, we were shooting in a barn. So I guess I got like allergic reactions to the hay. So when I came back, my throat was swollen. I was coughing. So I thought I had COVID, man. Thank God I didn't. But it was horrifying, man. We didn't know. But it was such a great place to shoot. But um, that fear was so real, man. That fear was so real. Was that March? That was the summer of God. I can't remember when we shot that. Was it was like June of 2019 or 2020? 2020 it had to be. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Um, I I remember like when I was out in LA, living out in LA in 2020, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I was living in Van Nuys, and um, and oh, wow. my my roommate at the time was you know basically with her boyfriend most of the time at that particular month and so she just stayed over there because she was like a little afraid to possibly get it and infect me you know what i mean like you just don't oh my know. god and so i just i remember i got a i got like sick uh at the end of march um and uh or like beginning of april something time sometime around there and mm-hmm. i remember everybody going oh you got covid and i was like no i don't have covid and i think i did have covid I finally got it. I I worked through the whole thing. I'm a police officer as my day job. And I worked through the whole thing without getting it. And for some reason, I don't know what happened. January 1st, 2022, I got it. I don't know what happened. And it was the worst. I was sick. Oh, my God, dude. I was in bed for like two weeks. I, yeah. I, I got it so bad, but thank God I had like my booster shot. I think it would have been worse. I probably would have went to the hospital if I didn't have the booster shot. It was yeah. so serious. But other people get it. It's like nothing to them, you know? No, to me, I mean, I was sick the first time, but, and pretty Mm -hmm. sick, like, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to die. You know, it was just like, I'm sick. And then the, I think I got it again 
but like a minor version because you can get it twice and that's the kind of the suckiest part is i thought once you got it you're done you know yeah whatever but you can get it again yeah so like sorry this is a great story too so we were on the set of uh camp murder you know victor gaspar and uh matt bruzio are you familiar with them I'm not sure. So, I think so. They, their names. Okay. They were in Camp Murder. So we're all, oh, this is when we, Jamie, we thought Jamie had it. So we're sitting in the room. It was like out of the movie Alien or something. So we're in the hotel. It's me, Victor, Kyle Rappaport, uh, Matt Bruzio, and Greta. And then Victor's sitting there. He's, he goes, Can I curse on this show or no? You can curse as much as you want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Victor goes, He's, he's thinking, he's smoking his pot and stuff. And he's like, If she has it, we're all fucked. <laughs> And we don't know. It's like alien. You think something's gonna pop out of your chest, you know? And I just yeah. remember that. I'm like, oh my god, this is insane, man. That sounds more like the thing, you know? The thing, yeah. Some, the somebody thing, else the thing, has yes. it. Somebody else has it, and then you're just like, which yeah, one? Yeah. So you we're all it? sitting. Yeah, we're all sitting in this circle, like looking at each other, trying to figure. And Jamie's out <laughs> somewhere. Oh my god, it was horrible, man. But we made it all. Nobody had it. We made it through. Well, that's good. I'm glad that nobody had it and everything, because, you know, you just don't know at that time and you don't know now. Um, Still Mm. sets are being and now they have like the monkey pox thing going on. So it's just insane. Um, There's just so much going on right now in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's kind of it's really affecting. It was it was completely affecting like Hollywood at that time. Like nobody was able to go to the theaters. Nobody was able to make movies or whatever um no movies. it was insane it was insane we went there to shoot uh amleyville uh shark house so it's me julie prescott and dave rodriguez we get off the plane from new york to la we get to la there's no ubers no taxis it's like a dead zone this is back in last summer last july i believe nothing you couldn't get an uber we had to call an uber this guy came with a little uber he looked just like john ward too and he couldn't fit our luggage so we were stuck in the airport and so we could finally get an uber like at 2 a.m i think we got there like 9 p.m it was horrible wow that's crazy the walking dead man in real life but i think it's better now it's a little better now um i think Mm. it's still you should still take precautions and yes i mean wear masks and um and and do covid tests we did we did that on our sets we did uh covid tests and stuff um they're they're shitty though like the ones that they have there to um to to check you and stuff on set like the like Mm -hmm basically the ones you can get at home, the stay at home kits, uh, or like, you know, they have like the little, um, uh, I guess like thermometers or whatever, they go to your head and check mm-hmm. your head to see if you have a fever. Those don't really work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, give everybody a real thermometer or some shit, you know? <laughs> well, that's why we did, we did night of the Zomgles in Vegas as well as be LA, but it was like red zone in Vegas. I mean, LA. So we went to Vegas where it was wide open. So that's why we shot that there and everybody wore a mask, the whole shoot, who wasn't on screen you know we took temperatures thank god nobody everybody was good because that was there was a lot of people on that set like 30 40 people so thank god we uh came out of that okay every set so far has been great oh one set there was somebody did have covid we did have a covid scare believe it or not uh, well if it happens on mission impossible then you know like, <laughs> like anybody can get it you know what i mean like it's it's whatever um but uh, I do want to talk because, okay, like I said, you kind of like at that time, you started producing like back oh my to God, back so to much. back to back. So movies. much stuff. Some that you didn't direct, some you just produced and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, are like, you know, the ones that you just produced that you didn't direct. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, I guess every one of them's your babies, you know, or whatever. But yeah. do you like have 
do you enjoy directing more than producing or which one? Absolutely. Like producing for stuff. It's like giving other people opportunities, but directing it's grueling. It's exhausting. But as soon as you're done and everything comes out good, like we just shot bloody Nun the reboot last month, I believe. And that was a grueling shoot. We shot from like 1 PM to 5 AM every morning. Tim Hatch was there. He'll, he'll tell you it was unbelievable. Grueling. <laughs> my feet were numb. I couldn't even feel my feet. I guess I got to wear better shoes, but, um, once it's done, you just have such a great feeling of a compliment and you start editing it and you see the product of the movie. Like, I'm so proud of Zomgul's. I'm so proud of Scream Bloody Murder. Even though I wasn't there, I produced that one. I'm so proud of Amityville Shark House is our biggest thing that we've done. Oh, wow. um, it came out amazing. That's going to be a cult classic. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I could announce it here. Uh, Lionsgate picked that up. So we're get, doing the final delivery for Lionsgate. So nice. that's huge for me, Julie and Sean. So that's like a really big thing, you know? That was a perfect shoot. There was no problems. It was the easiest shoot of my life. It went everything went perfect. We were staying in Glendale in California and we had all set studios. It was amazing. It was such a fun time. And you got like you you guys produced like Amityville Karen, if I'm correct. Like or was that Amityville you? Karen. Amityville Karen. That's our my buddy Ron Bach, who I work for for SR Cinema. I make movies for them. And um what happened is Ron wanted a deal, but as like I said, I'm a police officer. So Sean C. Phillips, I was like, Sean could be on the West Coast and make a couple movies over there. So I got Shark House and Amityville Thanksgiving, and then Sean got Amityville Bigfoot and Amityville Karen. So we helped me and Julie. Really, Julie was the one who produced Amityville Karen because I was busy. So that was Julie and Sean. So Julie Prescott put that together for Sean and wrote the script and everything. That's freaking awesome. She's actually yeah. she she was a big part of uh, Indie Film Cafe. Actually, she did. Uh, she was uh, one of the uh, original co-hosts for '80s horror films. Um, in the, no way! The yeah, I never so. knew that. Yeah. yeah, no, she's a sweetheart. We love her uh, at yeah, Indie Film Cafe, and she's been on our show like a uh, countless times. And I got to meet her when I went out to Las Vegas for um, uh, back in twenty. 20- yeah 2019 right before i actually moved but i went out there and i saw i met her and i met john ward um for the first time that that weekend and stuff and it was awesome you know like uh those guys are just like all of them that are out there they're good people they're they're really good people they're really good people and i'm thankful for them you know especially julie she's the best and I love that you like basically what uh, Sean helped you out, I believe, on one of your films before. And now, now all of a sudden he's directing a bunch of movies for you. Yeah, what like- happened is that I was doing Bloody Nun when I, I worked for David Sterling. See, I had a different kind of in the hard thing. I went to film school and I was hired like by David Sterling to make films right away. You know, we, we were friends. We talked. So I had like a different upbringing. So right away, I got a budget to make two movies, Bloody Nun, which was supposed to be The Occultist too, but he didn't like it. And he wanted to change The Bloody Nun and uh, Theater of Horror through David. So I had like a different introduction. I didn't know about the indie horror community until I met Julie and and Sean. And they told me about this whole Facebook indie horror community. So I had like a different introduction. I was I already started kind of as a producer. So it's really interesting to learn like this community and see all the different people and faces like John Ward, Dustin Ferguson, who blocked me on Facebook. Um, it's same here, so it's okay. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I made a joke and he didn't like it, so it's yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. Oh my god, that's so you know funny. what it is. We 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 both ended up on a popular thing, uh, worst nun parodies, and I got number five and he got number one, and I was like, hey. I got number five and you got number one and he blocked me. He got offended. I was like, dude, <laughs> come on. You know? Well, you know what? I mean, whatever people, uh, you never know what you're going to say is going to offend somebody these days. So just keep uh-huh. saying stuff, you know, yeah. it offends them and offends them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, um, 
Well, I, I saw that uh, was it uh, Bloody Nun was uh, listed as a cultist too because I think it's on Letterboxd as that, if yes. I'm correct. And uh, so I was like looking, you know, I wanted to see, you know, uh, what, what was going on in Letterboxd. I like to check that yeah. shit sometimes. So the sto- if- yeah, the story with that was David gave me a script that somebody uh, wrote and um, it was just too X-rated for me to do. It was like the guy was cutting off nipples and he was all about cutting off body parts. I was like, David, I can't make this, man. I can't make this in New York. L.A., it's fine. You could get girls who do that, especially in New York, it's almost impossible to find people like that. There's like a handful of people who do extreme stuff like that. I know you have the whole trauma thing and stuff, but that's something totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're all like in a family and they do stuff for Lloyd and stuff. So it's hard to even contact those people. Um, so I was like, I have to do something else. Let me write a script and let me do it my way. And he's like, this is not the occultist. We'll call this Bloody Nun. So that's what it was. And then it just went viral. It was like a big hit. And Bloody Nun 2 was even a bigger hit for me. So they were very low budget though. Bloody Nun was $600 and Bloody Nun 2 we made for about $1,000. And the thing about it, we both shot each of those movies in basically 24 hours, you know? <laughs> so... Well- Oh no, I did re I did watch them because uh, you sent me mm-hmm. both. Well, you sent me uh, Bloody Nun, which yeah. I wasn't able to get. Uh, but uh, Bloody Nun Two is on Tubi, so mm-hmm. um, I watched that, and um, um, so I watched both. And uh, I honestly, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I like Bloody Nun One better. Everybody um, says that. Everybody, everybody says I, that. I think you know what I think it was. I think it was the relationship between the three people. You know, the mm-hmm. main people. Um, and um i i don't i can't speak for everyone else but i loved the guy who played what's his name rico i think oh yeah rico karam we got to bring him out of retirement he's a very talented actor he was the first actor i ever hired in film school we had these big auditions so he was the first actor that i ever hired for my first film my student it was like my student project in film school you do like a final project um what was the name of it it was about a cross-dresser killer um (laughs) Sounds late night right. hours late night hours that was my first thing there's a dvd of it somewhere <laughs> nice and I, yeah I can't, yeah go ahead, sorry. Oh, oh no go ahead i said i can't put it on youtube because i didn't know about copyrighted music and i put all this copyrighted music in there so well you can always sell like weirdly enough you can sell them but you don't like as long as you don't kind of draw attention to yourself selling them or whatever because you know uh yeah. copyright stuff but like a lot of people if if they're just being sold you know at a table or something a lot of people don't care you know they yeah won't, they won't look into that um but yeah i i saw him in the movie and i was just like oh you, you know like it it, it felt like because i did see that bloody nun um that nun uh what is it the video that you're describing earlier like mm-hmm. number five or whatever yeah and, um i thought i thought it was funny because like and then I, when I watched it, I go, oh, I remember seeing this on that video because I saw that yeah. video a while back. And I remember like he, him talking about the guys just talking and stuff. And uh, that's kind of what I liked. Um, it felt very improv, but it felt like people just having a conversation, even though it wasn't about what was going on. So like at one point, the person talks about uh, uh, like of their favorite restaurant that they go to or something like that you know yeah. like oh i get i get my coffee from this place or whatever oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's my inspiration kevin smith and quentin tarantino like that that pop culture dialogue that's how i always write my dialogue like straight to the point and stuff that people can relate to i feel like that you know it would bring back memories in people and, and you know everybody will have a different reaction to it so that's why i always try and base my dialogue on stuff that I, people would say in real life you know Right. And it felt it felt like that. It felt like two people having a normal conversation, 
but also you are getting out the stuff that needs to get out you know so that's mm-hmm. not all that's going on it's not uh quentin tarantino having the two uh two hitmen talking about random stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the movie until you know until we get to the thing you know and like they're actually doing that so i really liked it um i thought uh oh, thank I, you very much you no know, i had a fun time and i think that was it like and then once they uh you know then once they met up with um I, i'm like blanking on names right now but uh the the main guy um uh the one the video camera guy oh uh, hunk hunk yeah hunk hunk, hunk. god why why couldn't i remember that hunk and when they met up with him and everything in the car and then they yeah. drove to the th- like all of that just felt like fun you know like a bunch of people out there like it, if it was everything- great yeah it was great we were in a cabin a cabin in the middle of nowhere see it was horrifying though because david rodriguez didn't show up. He was supposed to do these amazing special effects on the nun. She had all these weapons, like a, a cross with a knife and like a whip and stuff. And there was like all these crazy effects in the script. And for some reason, I, something happened where he couldn't make it. So I just sat there with my hand in my head. What are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? So Angie Hansen, thank God for her, did the makeup. And we had these props. So we just made it work. And we're like, we'll just CGI the effects, you know? So yep. we just had to make it work. Well, that's what you have to do. And you, you went out and you made a movie, you got it out there, you know, mm. but you, you know, uh, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm sure you're pretty proud of just like fucking making something like no matter what. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's, I owe it to David Sterling, man. He gave me my first opportunity and I wanted to direct the camp blood, but me and him had a big falling out. So I was like, F you, I'm going to make my own. So I made camp murder. So he led me to camp murder and then everything took off after camp murder. My mm. career literally took off, you know? So Thank you, David Sterling, man. And we talked on the phone. We're cool now recently, so. That's good. I was actually worried about that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, we're good now. We had beef and stuff. It was bad, man. But um, I've I've never yelled at somebody like that in my life. And I feel bad. It was just something that happened. And um, we're good now. We talked. um, He was helping Sean. I told Sean to hire him for Amityville Bigfoot. So he was a producer on that line producer. And uh, we talked and it was a good conversation. I'm happy. You know, life is short and... uh, you know, you're going to cross circles with people sometimes, you know? Uh, yeah. Def- oh, man. See, that happens way a lot, you know? Way and- a lot, especially in this industry, man. I got so many stories, man. I am so hated by people sometimes, man. But, you know, I just keep it real. And, you know, I treat people. I don't give anybody special treatment. I treat everybody the same. And, you know, on my sets, you know, I want it to be like a family, but we have to work hard. You have to make the movie no matter what and stuff. And I guess people see me as an authority figure sometimes, but... And they get they take me the wrong way because I'm from New York City and I'm loud and stuff, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's just all about getting the film done. You have to. You have to have somebody like that to get the film done. You know, it's very important. Or you won't get anything done if it's a party 24-7, you know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, what is it? Uh, there's a, Speaking of Kevin Smith, there was a there's a part where he wanted to have like, you know, obviously he wanted to have Ben Affleck, uh, Joey Lord Adams and, and Jason Lee and Chase Gamey. And, uh, you know, was it uh, Harvey Weinstein wanted David Schwimmer, um, John Stewart and uh, Drew Barrymore, which would have been a completely different movie. Honestly. Oh, my God. Drew Barrymore is great, but she I don't think she could have done that role. She's I don't too, think she she's. Yeah. I mean, it just would have been a different. She's too silly. She's too cute. She, I don't think yeah. she could have done it. I, I don't think she would have done it. Honestly, like I, wow. I say, like I say, like you know, Harvey would have asked her to, or paid her to, and I don't think she would have done it because I think too many curse words, too many, you know, it's just a different thing. But, but the thing is the, uh, you know, somebody said, um, you know, it's not about 
it's it's not it's show business not show friends you know you can't it, yeah it is you know. man you got to keep your circle tight and then when you when you get on set you got to work hard because going to filmmaking me and Dave Robert you say it's war man it is war when we got off the plane of Vegas is a colossal you ready to go to war I'm like yep let's do what we got to do and we got to Zamgus it was my biggest movie at the time it was a war man I had it was a war but we got it done we survived and we and you know we came out of it and we made a great film because stuff is going to happen things are going to go wrong but you have to stand your ground and get through it you know exactly um and and yeah and you're gonna have people who you're gonna be really good friends with and then business is gonna get in the way and you're gonna lose those friends and it happens man it's terrible and it's sad it happens but you just have to let them go the way that they want to go. And, you know, you think you make plans with somebody and then they change it on you and you're like, holy crap, that's, you know, but it is what it is, but you have to have that yeah. core people that you trust, you know? Um. So, yeah, well, I mean, that happens. So uh, you just got to keep going, right? Like you're, like you said, like you just feel like as a director and producer that you're just going to, as you know, like just let, let them go, which to me, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. So it's really hard, um, honestly, sometimes to like, um, I I lose so many friends and I don't mean to, it's just like, I have to do what I think is best for me and what I think is Mm -hmm. best for my films. And so sometimes doing that means that you're going to lose people, you know? It's um, true. And, you know, when I went to film school, we, there's a directing class and it's like, you know, he's like, I really can't show you that much about directing. You're going to have your own style and stuff. But he's like, remember this. He's like, when you're a director, you're a babysitter. He's like 90. He's like 95 percent of the job is babysitting different personalities, different people. You have to be able to hold it together and deal with that. If you can't handle that, then you can't direct and stuff. And that's what happens. Stuff pops up. Bloody none. Stuff pops up. You know, there was there was situations that I can't get into and stuff. But certain people like were not happy and stuff. So we had to like balance it and I had to get through it and stuff. I had one of my actors like curse me out for the first time on my set. You know, um, I guess he just freaked out and stuff. We're actually close friends. And I took him aside. I was like, don't ever effing talk to me on that, you know, on my set like that again. And we squashed it and everything was good. You know, he wanted I gave him a chance to direct one scene and it was just like a lot for him to do. So he just flipped out on me and stuff, you know, yeah. As I was, yeah I was doing uh, DIT. I was uploading footage dropping footage and he just wanted to do it now 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 and he flipped out and i'm like dude you don't ever talk to the director like that you know right and that's that's a big thing um where when you're filming something Mm -hmm. uh you know people don't i don't think like normal people people that aren't in the film business have never been a part of films you know yeah they don't realize that like tensions are always high like oh my god Zomgles was extreme man. it was crazy I had so many things come at me on that like so I, I can't you know mention names and stuff so I had to fire a certain known actress and stuff so when I was coming in the next morning I was like oh my god everybody's gonna quit everybody's gonna be gone so I walk in and they're all there and it was like kind of like those 80s movies where they're like clapping and they're like you know what they all like surrounded me and they're like will we have your back let's make this fucking movie it's work it was one of the greatest moments ever it was literally like a movie I was like holy shit let's do this yeah definitely because like yeah and when like when tensions are high you got to do what you got to do right like you said yeah you got to fire people that you don't want to fire and mm, that uh, was insane that was an insane experience i've never had anything happen like that because i'm a you know i'm a very people person i can get along with people i'm the easiest going guy around very nice and to have somebody like challenge me like that was so insane man it was just like is this reality right now what is going on but you know people 
have different things going on in life. So it just, it just happens, you know? <laughs> yeah. The worst thing is I know about uh, filmmakers who they, uh, they fire somebody and then that person goes on a verbal attack on like Facebook and attacks yeah. them and says nasty, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I honestly think that no matter how much I might not like somebody, you know, um, I may not be going, you know, may not like them or whatever. I'm not going to like, I try not to badmouth them. There's sometimes there's probably people I've done that too. And it happens, you know, it happens and you want to be heard and stuff. I had people make up lies about me on Facebook saying that I stole $50,000, a whole budget for the movie. We made the whole movie. I don't even understand how it was even possible with all these names, like scream bloody murder and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, All these like hurtful things. And, you know, I'm about honor and like respect. So that killed me for people just to make up blatant lies because they don't like me. It's a terrible feeling. You're like shocked and devastated. You're like, this person doesn't even know me. Why is this person doing in this one guy for personal gain was like hiring people they try to do like this whole plot against us um like this racist thing with that this guy rob mahoney it was like a big mess i don't even know the guy and <laughs> he tried to like set up sean it was a big terrible mess man it really was and it was just we you know we never met these people and it was like they're trying to hurt us it was it's, it's horrible but you just have to stand your ground and keep your cool julie helps me with that a lot she you know keeps me grounded not to attack people on Facebook. She's very against that and stuff. So like, I like to talk crap, like to people who like start with me and stuff to like embarrass them because they love to put screenshots. So my thing is like, I called them like a really ridiculous name so they could have <laughs> a screenshot so everybody could see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, when they're going to screenshot, so you just say these like, it's, na- you it's, know. it's hardcore, man. When you get to like the upper echelon and you do it with like these Hollywood executives, Dude, you have to be ready, man. You have to have tough skin because they will eat you alive, man. It really is serious, man. Oh, well, you know what's funny is uh, the indie film scene, and I love the indie film scene. Don't get me wrong, film like the indie film community is fan freaking tastic. There might be a few mm-hmm. bad apples, but that's there is, everywhere, yeah. you know. Um, but if you got to the Hollywood, you know, circle, people, you know, they don't, they don't know who we are really, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like uh, the big time uh, Marvel executives don't know who the fuck I am, nor do they care, you know, like they're do- busy doing their shit. And so and when, they do a lot of, they do a lot of this, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So <laughs> they, you know, they do what they're going to do. And I have to understand that, like that I'm, I'm a small, you know, fish in a big fucking pond, but you yeah. know, or what, when I'm in the indie community, you're a, sometimes you're the big fish in the small pond, you mm-hmm. know, and that can be, or at least a medium for me, it's probably medium sized fish, but no, you know, it's hard. It's hard because like, we're kind of misunderstood in the, in the community because we had those successful campaigns and everything and people get upset because it takes time to put the movies out. Scream bloody murder was finished. And unfortunately we, something happened where we don't have the movie anymore you know it's it's a heartbreaking thing but it takes time they're going to release it on Tubi as a two as a to be exclusive or to be premium i can't remember what it is so at least it's going to come out to a great audience and stuff you know but um it takes time like the movie's done oh my god time. yeah i had yeah i have an actress who's sort of new in the the business mm-hmm. and I, lo- I love her to death but she's always wondering when the short's going to come out and i'm just like you know it's part of a feature film i'm going to let it like the feature film finish first, you know, before I like release the yeah. the short and uh, they don't understand this. They want the short out now. And there, there are people who can make shorts like super fast yeah, and, and everything and God bless them. But me, I'm not doing 
everything. I've got other people. And if I'm not sort of paying a lot of people, because I just don't have the money to pay everybody like, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of money on, then they have to wait. You know, until it's but done. you know what? When you don't have a lot of money, you could still make great movies. Let's look at Bloody Nun One and Two. Those are big hits to me. Nobody got paid for that. Only a few people. Tina Kraus got paid. Um, a few people got paid for that, but the rest went to the movie. So you can still make great content. Now we're fortunate enough where we're dealing with bigger budgets and stuff, and everybody could get paid and stuff. But when you know, you have to make it work for you, and you have to get people who are willing to do that. And you could find them. You just have to just look for the right people and surround yourself with that and stuff. And people who don't understand that and they want to be leads and get paid right away you know that it's it's not for them you know it's not for them that level of filmmaking but you'll find the right people man you know yeah well tina came down we we uh had tina for uh, a shoot um uh what's the last year i guess isn't that, she so fun she's so oh fun man oh my god we had her on bloody nun the rubu and bloody nun too she's so awesome what a what a great lady and you know i wish that you know when i'm directing i'm so busy i wish i had time to hang out with everybody i'm just so busy you know well, you had a huge cast in that too, like in Bloody Nun Two. Like I in Bloody Nun Two, I saw like there was a scene with like you know seven people or something. Like it was like that ridiculous of a group yeah, of people hard. just hanging out talking. And it was again, hard to shoot that. It was hard to shoot that, man. <laughs> I'm sure scheduling is a bitch, you know. Yeah. And stuff look worse. I that's my least. What's what's your least favorite thing about filmmaking? Because mine's uh mine's scheduling. What's yours? Oh my God. My least favorite thing about filmmaking. Hmm. Man, that's a really good question. What makes me mad? I just, just not having enough time and stuff, you know, to get your shot list done and stuff and the call sheets. Julie was up to like four in the morning doing the call sheets for bloody nun and shark house and stuff. And just things change on the fly. It's like, they, they, I forgot who said it, but you have the script that you wrote and then you have the, the script that you shoot, you end up shooting and stuff. So things change, you know? And then you have the movie that comes and then you out. Have the you movie. Know? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Have that's movie. completely different than probably the shooting script. You have to you throw know? stuff out. I hate when you have to like lose pages of your script and stuff that happened on Shark House, but the movie came out so fantastic, man. I'm so proud of that. But just stuff like that, not having enough time, and it's just it's just a rat race to the finish, man. You know, just I wish that we had more budgets, and I'm sure that will come in the future. So you have unlimited time, and you could shoot for two months, three months, whatever it takes. You know. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 tough world right now. And uh, like, you know, especially with just I think uh, somebody and I were talking the other day about the fact that the biggest problem with the movie or the movie business, the indie film business, is that it's so oversaturated right now. Everybody mm-hmm. can make a movie. And and that's a good thing, you know, because we want to mm-hmm. we want to like let people know, hey, you know, go ahead make a movie, you know, or whatever. But the problem is then you have like your actors that you want to cast in the film and they can't do it because they're already cast in another film, you know, yeah. booked them two months before or whatever, you know? So it's, it's tough, you know, it's a tough business right now. You no, know, it is tough. It is tough, but you just got to find, that's why Mark Polonia uses the same actors all the time because they're reliable, you know, they always show up, you know, they do what they have to do and stuff. So I understand why he stays in that zone you know, keeping the same actors in every film and stuff, you know, because he doesn't want to deal with that stress of dealing with all different types of people and different actors, you know? Well, he has so many at his, uh, at his disposal yeah. too. So like, you know, um, you know, he had his cast that, uh, of regulars like Jeff Kirkendall and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Tim Hatch, uh, as you uh, talked about earlier, Tim was my favorite character in Camp Murder. I just loved him in that. Oh, like, he was great, man. He was so great. <laughs> 
was so I mean, great. I loved you in it too. I'm not trying to disparage your career. It was character. so hard because I was like producing behind the camera that I had to run an act. So I was just like out of it. I'm like, <laughs> so I didn't even have time to make my character. So I just feel like my acting was so bad. I'm a trained actor too. So I felt like my acting was so bad and that I could have done so much better, but I was just, it was just so much stress, you know, to shoot something and then have to go act real quick, you know? So I was like, ah, uh, but if we do part two, I'll bring back uh, Sheriff Cruz. Nice. So I plan on doing that. Um, you know, I, I felt the same. Like I, I acted in a uh, asylum movie when I moved out to LA. Oh, how and, cool is uh, that, man? It that's was awesome. that starred Eric Roberts of all people. So it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. But at a scene, um, you know, I, I, but I got asked to basically both be a PA and an actor, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I get there, they start trying to tell me what to do for a PA. So I'm art and I'm getting ready. Then they're like, oh, we need Jonathan in costume. So I'm like, okay, I go to costume. So I get in a costume mm-hmm. and I go right on set and I'm supposed to be there in the background the whole time, the whole day. Right. Oh, wow. So how can I PA when I'm there, you know, and yeah. everything like that? And I couldn't. So I didn't get credit. On if you look at IMDb, I'm not credited for PA because I never actually PA'd, yeah. which was not my, you know, I did help a little bit, but I, I like, I, I didn't even expect a PA uh, credit for that because I really, most of the time I was just on set acting. Like I was like pulled in there. Anytime mm. I tried to leave to go PA, they said, Hey, we need you back. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you need man on a film set. You need PAs. You need runners are so important. You just need those people. Yeah, guys, they you don't need get the most credit. Focused. You need them yeah, focused, focused on that and yeah. everything. You can't have a PA be an actor. I don't think I, I literally, no. I'll never let that happen on my sets. If there's a PA, unless it's literally like one scene, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever, and they're not needed. The if they PAs, man, they need to be they need to be working because yeah, because you uh, rely on them so much. They're so important to your to yeah, your yeah, definitely. Um, so I uh, I totally uh, I've I, I learned a lot of lessons with that shit, and I'm sure you've learned a million lessons with uh, all the sets that you've been on. Um, oh my god, yes. Oh my you, god. Uh, give us a couple of, like uh, good lessons you learned from like working on, especially working on the uh, uh, what is it the um, the Amityville movies and, and things like that. The well, just that scheduling, work- scheduling, just scheduling people. You have to have a good schedule for people because, you know, the actors, sometimes they get upset because they're waiting around and they want to be shot and stuff. I think that's the biggest thing that we ran into because we know how to shoot. We know how to set up shots, you know, everything. So it's like scheduling people so they're not there all day and stuff. So that's one thing that I would like to prove on a, as a director, you know, because that was a thing people got upset with on Bloody Nun and stuff. It's, you know, you think people are going to be committed totally to the, the movie, but it doesn't happen like that. Sometimes they want to leave or something like that. So just scheduling people perfectly, you know, it's hard to do, man. It's really hard to do. So that's that's probably the thing I hate the most on a film set, you know. Understandable. Um, so uh, you said you said earlier that uh, David Sterling um mm-hmm. was like a line producer for one of the projects Amityville, bigfoot amityville bigfoot i wasn't there for that that was sean was uh, running that project and julie but uh david selling worked on that one right and uh the line producer is generally the guy who um does the uh does the scheduling and other things you yeah know, right so yeah. yeah so that's the person you want on his set most of the time because uh i yeah. think a lot of indie filmmakers don't think about that like they don't think oh well we should hire a line producer because mm-hmm. generally line producers are expensive because they work you know they yeah. have 
a lot of work. Um, so you need you an have- AD. You need a, you need a badass AD that's going to do the scheduling for you and stuff like Julie. She steps up, you know, that's going to do all that for you. And so because it's too much for the director to do. You cannot be doing call shoots when you're a director and you're shooting all day and you're exhausted and you want to come back to your hotel room and go to sleep. It's just too much. So you need a strong AD like Dave Rodriguez and Julie are like the best ADs in the world. So you need those people who are going to back you up and do that for you and stuff. It's harder when, let's say, you're doing something smaller and you have to do everything. So just keep it simple. But you need, you know, when you're doing the bigger projects, scheduling is key and stuff. But it's people are always going to be unhappy, you know, when you're when you're working on film sets and you just have to do damage control and just try and, you know, get through it, man. You know, Definitely. <laughs> uh, you know? I, I like that damage control because you have really... to you have to because it's just like I said, it's babysitting and stuff. You never know what's going to pop up with somebody. Um, like I said, I'm the nicest guy. I'm easy to get along with, but people still get mad. People still get upset about stuff. So it's like. I don't know. When I came up and stuff, it was different. You would wait on a film set for like 12 hours and nobody would complain and stuff. I remember when I was starting in film school, I was PAing on indie films and there were sets that I would leave because it would take them the whole day to set up one shot. And I was just like, I can't do this. I got to go and stuff, you know? So I just have that patience and tolerance and I love filmmaking. So I'm a hundred percent in when I'm working on a project, certain people need to go. They have their schedule. They have this and that. So it's, it's tough, man. That's the biggest challenge I think, you know, and budgeting and stuff, you know? I think also, so I hear people say that they like pre-production, but they hate production. Uh, I heard, I've seen some people say that before, and I don't know how they feel about post-production. Um, pre-production and post-production are my least favorite. What about mm-hmm. you? I just love the whole process. I love the excitement of writing a script and putting a production together and then being on set. Like I said, I'm in, I'm in war mode. I'm ready to go and just getting through it. And then post-production is fun too, but it's a lot of work when you get to like the level where you're working with studios. Oh my God, doing deliverables and all those things. It's so much work. Like I said, Zomgools, I just got the master file, the sound mix completed. We got to put that together and then we'll put it on VOD and get the Blu-rays and VHS special editions, you know, uh, printed. And then, um, we have to do, uh, shark house right now julie's working in the little office we have here and she's doing all the paperwork for shark house and getting all the legal stuff in she's locked up in there yeah <laughs> she's locked up in there that sounds, sounds really They'll bad. probably rip my throat out if i go bother her so i don't want to bother her um so she's working on that stuff and it's it's a long process people don't understand they're like where's my dvd where's my blu-ray we have to get this movie delivered to, to Lionsgate and then it has to pass quality control. If one little part of the sound or something fails, it gets sent back and it's like $1,500 to do it again. $1,500 to do it again. It's a lot of work, man. It is no joke. It is no joke. Okay. So I have a good question for you then, because mm-hmm. you know a lot about this stuff since you've done campaigns that, yeah, uh, you know, that have gone through and it got made and you're saying people are asking about the DVDs uh, and then you get it distributed by Lionsgate. Um mm-hmm uh lines get are cool with you guys sending them free dvds of the movies or we're gonna know like, we're gonna we're gonna have to buy it and send it to them that's the only way around it we're gonna have to buy it and send it to them you know oh wow that's, the only, that's, that's even the extra money it jesus it's God. extra money yeah we, we, we didn't know we were just see the crazy thing with that like okay so i can't get into like the details of screen bloody murder it was a mess one of my partners got like kind of set up to do a bad deal with somebody because they were saying we're gonna get you a Lionsgate deal while we were making that, Lionsgate came to us and asked us to make Shark House for them. Like, how crazy is that? We were That's so awesome. And then we're like, what did we do? Why did you sign that contract? No. And we lost the whole movie of Scream Bloody Murder, unfortunately, because that, you know, a lot of people happen to you sign a bad deal in Hollywood. But um, they came to us and it was just unbelievable. I'm like, what the hell? What the hell, man? We went through all this and 
they came to us. <laughs> so wait, screen, so is Scream Bloody Murder still getting finished? Or Scream Bloody Murder is finished. It's done. I saw the whole cut of it, but we we had to um give up the movie because somebody on my team signed the bad deal and we lost. You know, basically the producers had control of it. The editor was a complete piece of shit. He wouldn't um let us see the movie updates. It was a total nightmare. It was like I've had that. I've had that issue. I've had somebody. Oh my god, that guy. Oh. I had somebody literally steal like uh, the hard drive that we had, the yeah. editor, steal the hard drive because he didn't like what he looked like on the movie as an actor. And I'm oh. like, that's like not up to you, but he stole the whole movie. And then when I confronted him about it, he mm-hmm. like left it out in the rain, destroyed it basically. So we never got that movie no, back. I, and, I, I, it's know. so bad out there. There's, there's snakes and sharks. One of the producers like totally brainwashed a person that I work with to sign that deal and just like he just basically like made him into a puppet he just really messed him up and then we got to said he was like being abusive to him and stuff so then they just kept asking me for more and more money we did a finishing fund they took all the money and they're like oh we're gonna need like a hundred thousand to get this movie delivered i was like i can't do this no more i have to sign you the rights to the movie they basically put my company like every penny went into that movie so people who think i made a diamond screen blurry murder i didn't make jack shit zomgles i think me and sean got 500 each that was left that's it i didn't make jack shit in these movies (laughs) none of them shark house you know that uh, that's an SRS thing. So we got money to make the movie. We were gonna try and pay ourselves. No, the whole budget went into the movie and stuff. So I hate that when people say we're pocketing money. Um, no, we're not. We didn't make jack shit. Well, you know what? I think a lot of people say that because they don't know where the movie is or something. So yeah. a lot of people think that like filmmakers do that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe some do. You know, too. There might be mm-hmm. some that do stuff like that. Like no, people definitely you know. do, and it's sad and stuff. But it's just like. You know, to get under the attack that me and Sean, you know, went through and stuff, it was horrible, man. It was really not, it was not good. And I know Sean's controversial and I'm controversial and stuff, but it was very hurtful when we busted our asses and everybody, all the actors, they Scream Bloody Murder had Scout Taylor Compton in it, Todd Bridges, Robert Lissardo, um, a whole bunch of other names that I can't even think of right now. Those people, it was almost 20 grand to hire all those actors, the name actors, you know, mm-hmm. and then the locations in LA were so expensive. The money went in a week. It literally went in a week. Shooting in LA is no joke. Yeah. Uh, but I found out how to shoot cheaper in LA. Like New York is way more expensive than LA. I found out how to do it cheaper. So oh, wow. it, took, it was trial and error. It was trial and error, you know? Yeah. You had to, you had to keep doing it. And then yeah. eventually you got something you got, you got to figure out. Right. And shark house, check this out. Shark house. We didn't get the money into like in the middle of the shoot. Me and Sean had to pay like the first $4,000 out of pocket because Indiegogo was late with the funds for some reason. So we got the money on like Wednesday. We started shooting it on Sunday and we were all celebrating that we got the money. <laughs> it was so crazy, man. Well, that's, anyway. that's a, that's the thing that uh, Indiegogo started doing, I guess, is like now uh, the funds don't come to you like right after come like two or three weeks after, you know, certain things. So like, it's a pain in the butt now. Kickstarter um, is even worse. I did my first Kickstarter with bloody none. I think we raised, um, Seven thousand. I put three thousand of my own money. A four thousand. It was twelve thousand total budget. Um, and uh, it didn't come like a month later. The money. It was almost three weeks, almost four weeks for the money to come. It took so long a Kickstarter. Yeah. So when you. Uh, so I guess for people who want to start uh, Indiegogo's or whatever, uh, I, what we would suggest probably is to start it like five months before your, you know, before your shooting. That we have the month to 
to collect the money, then maybe another month or whatever extra. And then, you know, obviously it takes a month or so to get them oh get my the God, money. And then so you bad. have to actually start uh, paying for plane tickets, which nowadays plane tickets are more expensive too, because of yeah. COVID. Um, they, they were cheap. Like during COVID, they were very cheap because like nobody was flying, I guess. And mm-hmm. now, and now everybody is flying, but there's no pilots is what I've been told recently. Wow. So like, like it, it's become a thing where, uh, you know, like you might even get people flown out, but you might not, you know, like there's no, Indiegogo is Indiegogo's so great. It's so wonderful. It's such a great thing. And, you know, to help filmmakers make their films and stuff. It's just, there was people out there who ruined it. You know, there was people out there who were trying mm-hmm. to scam people. So now everybody's on high alert. They want to find like the next Michael dark one and the next person who's going to do that and stuff. And it gets vicious. You know, the people get the perks, some of them get really vicious and it's sad, you know, it's really sad. And, you know, we're just filmmakers trying to do what we love and stuff. And it's just, it gets really sad and stuff, but you just have to keep going. You can't let anything stop you, you know? Yeah, I want to give out a, a shout out to my friend Matt Skinner though. He's been oh, really dude, he's great, bro. He yeah. helped me with my movie. I know he's going through something. He had like a blackout, uh, yeah, uh, power outage and stuff. But he's such a positive guy in the community and stuff. And, and thank he, you, Matt Skinner. Yeah, he he funded some of mine. I didn't even know who he was. I guess uh, I guess Don and Ellie knew him, and so Don, um, you know, kind of introduced me to him and stuff and uh i'm very i'm very thankful for that because you know he's yeah, he helps just... me with bloody nun he helped me with bloody nun he helps everybody and he just i just found out about him like a month ago he just came on the scene a month ago that to my knowledge and stuff and he's a great guy he's positive he doesn't get involved in the negativity and stuff let's talk about that what is going on like you know a couple of years back like youtube was really toxic and stuff do you remember that when it was like mm-hmm. all about toxicity what is going on with the indie film community lately that there's a lot of toxic things going on and people do you, you're more of an insider than me you know way more about it i I'm don't new. know i don't know if i know more or not um i try to stay away from a lot of it um uh there are there is a lot of stuff going on a lot of drama a lot of things that i don't i don't want to be involved with so yeah um you know which kind of sucks um because some of these you hear things and then you're just like oh but i oh i like that person oh man you know like but then you have to get it you got to get the full full story you know and sometimes two sides to every story man actually three sides your side my side and the truth you know exactly and uh that's the that that is the truth like because like i i could say something like i heard this from somebody else and they might have heard the that story that they told me but they heard it from somebody else who heard it from you know what i mean so yeah. eventually it becomes like that thing where it goes down and eventually people don't know the full full story it's so i really tried... ba- it's like a mob mentality they just want to like it's like every month they want to destroy a new person it's crazy man there's so much stuff going on man you know yeah and i mean and you know what i, I like once again i try to stay away from it i do yeah. block a lot of people who I, you know, and whatever, but then I still hear the stuff because the stuff's going on, you know, or whatever. And there's some people who the, lo- you, you have to block them, man, because you don't, you want to come on your Facebook and it should be positive. You get your news, you see your friends, what's up. You don't want to get all that toxic shit, man. It's just so, so stupid. I, okay. The toxic shit. Yes. Um, I don't want everything to be just like positive and shit because yeah. I was actually thinking about it today. I don't want uh like if we so say you died and went to heaven right and your heaven yeah. is just this positive happy place 
Mm-hmm. I think you'd be bored in like five minutes. <laughs> you need a little drama. You're saying you need a little <laughs> shit. I mean, I kind of yeah. hope my heaven is a little bit of drama. You know, I don't have to like worry about dying again. But I like, you know, like I. Well, I, that's what's entertaining, isn't that? What movie is? You have a protagonist and an antagonist. The battle exactly. of good and evil. You know, so exactly. That's, that's so I drama. I, I like so I it's it's I think drama is okay, but I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times you know people get sucked way too much into the drama and that's all they they talk about and what we need to do is sort of draw that back and be Mm -hmm. like look let's not concentrate all on that um uh, the big thing right now a lot of people are talking about in hollywood stuff or whatever is the johnny depp uh amber heard trial and i'm not even going to say my my thoughts on that because you know there's people who feel one side and there's people who feel the other you know about that right the yeah, I know about it. I would say this. They're both crazy. I love Johnny Depp. They're both Depp. nuts. But He's one of my favorite actors ever, but he they're is. both crazy. You know? And so I talented. actually, I did like her, too, uh, before. No, she's I... beautiful. She's breathtaking, but she's crazy as shit, man. I liked her. <laughs> I liked her in Drive Angry. I liked her in, uh, I, I did like her in Aquaman, but that was that was the personal. I've you heard... got to watch this movie. Uh, Everybody Loves Manly Lane, Julie. Was I heard. It was, is, is she crazy in that? I've heard. She's I crazy know. in that, but that movie, it was like banned. You couldn't get a copy of it for some reason so it's like a very rare movie and i don't, I don't even know if you can get a blu-ray of it and stuff so it has a really i might have to find backstory. it I'm, yeah I'm no gonna... it's really hard to find um it's just they didn't release it they sat on it because it was too much it was like too graphic at the time or something happened i remember i was watching the whole you know story on it and stuff but it was really interesting so it has like a cult following because the movie never came out it got shelved and then i think it came out in europe it's like this whole big thing i don't really remember correctly but it was really interesting Maybe it'll come out on like Arrow or something. Maybe somebody will release it um, eventually. Yeah. Um, especially after this. I mean, every, people are going to be cramming to try to get, you know, that movie after. Oh, I, after. I think the opposite. I think everybody's saying, oh, her career is over. I think it's the opposite. I think they're going to offer her a big, huge deal. Exactly. So hot and so like talked about that she's going to get. It's going to be like, like some, some like, remember the movie Showgirls? She's going to do something like that, like a big <laughs> weird movie. movie like that. <laughs> like jesse spano did and yeah uh, like jesse spano remember how controversial <laughs> it was at that time but like, yeah. i was a little kid but i remember how controversial and crazy it was she's gonna do something like that i i was not a uh you know i don't i don't even know if i've watched it all the way through i watched some of it but i don't think i watched all of all of showgirls all the way through but uh probably just fast forward through the you know <laughs> through the stuff with Jesse because I was I a huge Saved by the Bell fan. So, you know, like seeing I mean when I was a kid, I was like playing my Sega Saturn and my dad would rent that and he would watch it all the time and I didn't know at the time. Now I know he the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> was it like a tracking the thing? And... <laughs> Remember I when like, it... I would always look by I was like, why is he watching showgirls again? What the hell? <laughs> Remember when VHSs, you know, the like the tracking would get oh, messed yeah. up every time. You had to like, like balance them. You had to like you had to like adjust them. I remember. But they had to adjust them because people would watch rewind and fast forward through the the boobs all the time. That's you know, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. I didn't even know that. Wow. I didn't oh, yeah, know that. yeah. So a lot of times, like the tracking would stop at certain spots. Like um, specifically, like uh, what is it? Uh, for me, it was uh, Terminator Two when yeah. like you know uh he's flying over the uh, what is it arnold schwarzenegger's riding his bike and he goes up over that thing that always had a tracking issue the, because i would always rewind it to that scene all the time because i was like that's a badass scene like oh you know, god period. when i was a kid that was like the best movie i ever saw in my life it was amazing what an yeah. amazing director i know he's like a tyrant uh james Cameron, <laughs> but he's one of the best directors ever 
Uh, he fucking did uh, Avatar, man. Now that's all he's concentrating the rest of. Did you ever hear like the stories of Titanic? People like breaking their arms. He was like, I don't give a shit. And they <laughs> wanted to fire him. And he's like, if you fire me, you're going to have to fucking kill me. He was crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was crazy. He was like so into it. Actors oh, well, like getting knocked out and people were like drowning. He's like, I don't care. We're doing this movie. <laughs> Just keep <laughs> keep drowning. Yeah, he was he was horrifying. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> scary. But he that's that's he's a great artist. He's one of the greatest of all time. So he really yeah. is. And um, I think the biggest problem I think is that he got sucked into the Avatar movies. That uh, it took his whole life. It took his yeah. whole life. So now that's all. That's all. Yeah. The rest of his life is going to basically amount to unless he does something like right after that but like he's so I mean, filthy rich though that you know like all, you know um i used to work in the hamptons a place called sagaponic and all the retired actors go like they're so rich that they just hang out and stuff they have so much money like i knew a lot of like jimmy fallon like he would just when he was off like he would, he would live down the block and on the weekends he would just be playing with his kids and stuff they just they're so wealthy and they just chill man they, they just yeah. sit on it you know until another thing comes that they're interested in you know yeah. so what a that's great heaven. life. Yeah, that is a great <laughs> life. You know, that's heaven right there for sure. It is. It is. So they just playing you know, with your kids and shit and just having a yeah, good time. Yeah, just hanging out. They go drink, they do whatever they do and stuff, and they're just just hanging, man, and in, in the peace and quiet. And they live out there because there's not press out there, it's quiet out there. They just live in a little small town out there. Um, you know, so it's oh yeah. When I was in LA every you know i was like afraid i was just gonna keep bumping into i don't if, if i did bump into famous people i did not recognize them whatsoever mm-hmm. so i you know i wasn't like oh my god there's blah 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 you know um uh but i used to hang out at this place in burbank uh called priscilla's i don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever been there uh it's a it's a great cafe but like a lot of you know the stars. oh is it like a retro is it like a retro like uh 50s cafe type of thing or? i don't think so no it was okay okay uh i forgot what road it's on um but it, it's just a really nice place uh i really enjoyed being there i think there's another one that i think i know what you're talking about there's Burbank a retro- is ama- Bur- yeah burbank's amazing we we stayed over there and um it's amazing i remember dave rodriguez got yelled at because you're not allowed to smoke in the streets and this guy's like you're not allowed to smoke in burbank I'm like, Dave, stop smoking. This guy's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. A friend of mine yeah. used to live there. I don't know if she still does or not, but she said she wanted to move out of there because she's not even allowed to vape out there. Wow. No, they're, they're like, strict. Yeah. The perfect and little town. They want to keep it that way, you know? I, I don't smoke or vape, but like, uh, so Me I wouldn't either. care. Like, if I moved to Burbank, I'd be happy, mm-hmm. uh, especially if, you know, whatever, if I can't, if I don't have to smell smoke. But I, you know, but I don't like, I, I wouldn't want to tell people you can't do. You so know, why did you leave Van Nuys? Because Julie used to live there and she told me, you know, she loved it and it was great and stuff. Like that's the well, area where she lived. I lived in Van Nuys for like five, four or five months. And then I moved to Pasadena area, like San Gabriel. Oh, wow. That's amazing out there, man. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. It was nice. It was, it was weird going to, uh, what is it? Um, uh, to like uh, Target or yeah, it's like Target and seeing you know palm trees at Target like that's just weird to me. I know um, that is weird. You know, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, and then I just moved uh, back to Virginia uh, last year because things just weren't working out. Like money was not coming in, and uh, it's expensive out there. You know, it's less expensive out here, and uh, you know, I'm with family. You know, but. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed, I, I do plan to go back to visit next year, uh, like mm-hmm. during, um, new year's, but, uh, I'm not, 
I'm not planning to move back for another couple of years because I want to save up and I want to yeah. also get my films out there first, you know, and I'm sure you're sort of the same way before you want to like, cause then you're, but well, you're out in uh, New York, right? New York. Yeah. Long Island. Yeah. So there you go. So you move out to, uh, if you ever move out to LA someday, mm-hmm. you know, which I don't know if you have any <laughs> plans to do that or not but you know you probably if i ever make it if i ever make it as a director yeah i would love to have a house like out here and maybe like a house in malibu or something like that you know if i ever make the big bucks i would definitely do that because that's where the work is it leads to la there's a lot of work out there and stuff but a lot of people are jumping ship they're going to texas they don't want to be in la because the crime and it's not as easy as a place to live now after the pandemic and stuff a lot changed you know are they going to texas now a lot of people like there's a mad rush to Texas. Everybody wants to be in Texas. Apparently, apparently Texas is like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> people was, are running from LA. I heard, and it's well, expensive. New York is expensive too. It's so expensive here. Yeah, well, at one point it was uh, New Orleans and and Louisiana. Now it's. Have you been? Yeah, have you been to uh, New Orleans? Actually, well, I, I lived in Baton Rouge for a month. Oh wow! For a month for one okay. month, and then uh, I just it didn't work out and so i moved back to virginia but uh you know at least at least uh what is it uh la was a year and four months you know of living so did you, do you feel to... like you do you feel like you got to accomplish things out there or how did you feel about your um, out there? i was more happy that i got to like i got to see my friends who i love you know and got to do stuff i mean in a way, like I hate to say it because I didn't I, I got to act in lifetime movies and do that yeah. asylum movie. I didn't really get like a huge, you know, I worked on a James Balsamo movie. I know you know James, right? Yeah, James I used to Balsamo. see him in Long Island. He's from Long Island. I used to see him in Patchock partying. He was close friends with one of my friends. Yeah, uh, my buddy Billy Walsh, I used to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu with, and uh, he would tell me about, oh, my other friend's a filmmaker because I was doing my movies, and we just I would just see him at bars partying all the time, but we never talked. I would see him. Just, he's a you know. he's a good dude. Um, I'm yeah. probably gonna try to have him back on the podcast because we've I haven't talked to him in a while and yeah, just one year alone he does like four or five movies. So like he, no, he's like David Sterling. Yeah, he knocks him out and he gets like celebrities in there and stuff and he does it himself. You got to respect that, you know. Yeah. Um, that's badass. So I, I was in that. Uh, was it uh, Alien? Uh, uh, was it um. With Raven Slender or whatever. I yeah, Raven, Raven's, yeah, Van Slender or something like Van that. Van Slender, yeah. That. Yeah. And I was in the first one. So I got to act in that and I had a fun time with that one. So you got to do stuff. So you know what? When you go back, you have more knowledge and more yeah. experience and come with a better ba- game plan, you know? Yeah. Well, that's that'll fun. be the thing is I, I want to have more money saved up before I go out yeah, because that was expensive. the problem. I had no money. And yeah. I was thinking, oh, I'll just make money while I'm out there. And I did. I worked uh, a couple of jobs, but it didn't work out, you know, when yeah. the COVID hit really hit hard, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I just, it was the worst year to go. Like I literally went 2020. So that was the worst year to pick, which I didn't know. Nobody knew, you know? Yeah. Now you went- did it though. You got closer to where you wanted to be and stuff. And you did it. LA is a really cool, fun place. I'm there for business to shoot and stuff. So I don't get to enjoy it as much as I want to, but it was just so fun going to all the sets on shark house and everything. And, you know, it is, do you prefer great. shooting out in LA than New York? Yes, absolutely. New York sucks for shooting. <laughs> Unless you're like doing a big show like Gotham at the studios, New York sucks. Are they like with permits and different things? Are they hard to deal with? Yeah, it's just hard and it's so expensive, you know? Wow. I didn't know that. Like I always hear LA is more expensive. So it's crazy, yeah. you know? 
Um, but that's great, though. No, that... LA, you could get, you could use the sites like Gigster and, you know, and get really good deals. And it comes with a permit, too. So there's, you know, you just have to look around. But you could do a whole movie like that, you know, if you have the budget and stuff. To, and you'll get some really, really good deals. And then you make connections and people will give you deals out there. It's just, and people are more helpful in LA. For some reason, I don't want to crap on New York, but people are not as helpful in New York, you know? It's like, it's a very weird experience doing films out here in New York, unfortunately. Well, LA... And and I think that's the thing with LA is LA is the the movie town, you know. So people take it more serious in LA, and they're willing to help you, and they want to go somewhere. Whereas New York, it's people think they're like A-listers or something, and they just they haven't done anything, but they want everything. It's just really difficult. It's never easy to shoot in New York. Locations are expensive as hell. LA is just so much more of a great experience. So it's actually worth it to take a flight and go to LA and film and set up a movie over there. And you have access to the celebrities, the names too, the name talent, you know? Honestly, Virginia is very good to film at. Uh, We don't have a good tax incentive or whatever, but um, because like all their tax incentive stuff go to like the bigger projects that come here, like uh, Mm -hmm. Fear the Walking Dead was out in Richmond and stuff like that, Uh, which is great, but I could care less about walking dead honestly um ah yeah i i kind of i was religiously would watch it but then it just got too much and it was just too morbid and stuff when they killed glenn and stuff a lot of people left and i stood with it and then when they killed rick off it was just like ah, i don't care no more i can't yeah. I, I always say i'm gonna go back and i'm just they didn't you know that he didn't die obviously spoiler alert but um it's just that was it for me once rick left i was like ah yeah i was not uh yeah i was not a big fan but so virginia though they do have like you know like if you shot out there uh they don't nobody calls the cops on you unless they're like well just, yeah you know. that's the great thing about like smaller places like that like pennsylvania wellsboro where polonia shoots you could do whatever you want it's like nobody bothers you he could do whatever you want it was like the most quietest shoot that's why i was telling him i want to get together and do like a romero zombie film where we just get like all these people all these extras and do like a big budget zombie film because nobody will bother you out there it's literally the best place if you want to do something like that because it's the middle of nowhere and you have total freedom to shoot you know yeah i wonder if people still use that graveyard that they used in night of the living dead like if uh, people shoot films out there doing that i'm sure they yeah. do i've seen a couple specials where people go to the locations and everything and do recaps but i guess a, you'd probably amazing, have to get yeah. their permission and i bet they're very picky <laughs> what an amazing and the mall from dawn of the dead and stuff what an amazing locations i would love to go there i was there uh after doing a horror convention and uh uh the horror realm and uh, I think it was in Pittsburgh. It's in Pittsburgh, and yeah. we went to the. Uh, I forgot where where it's located. It's uh, uh it's not. It starts with a W, doesn't it? Um, mm-hmm. where the the mall from Dawn of the Dead is at. Um, mm-hmm. we went there and we visited it because we were like right next to it, and stuff. So we went there, and I'm not a huge zombie fan, so like I, I, I wasn't you know as in like I was like oh okay it's a mall. yeah so what's your favorite genre of horror what's your favorite um okay so i have three that i like the most but my first one is uh uh what is it uh slasher you know um i that's what got me into uh horror to begin with they're so fun they're so fun slashers yeah and and, you know and you can switch it up and make it different and they're making a comeback which is so what is so great they're making a comeback like halloween kills and all that stuff Um, I heard they're going to make a new Friday the 13th and stuff. So it's really good to see 
slashers making a comeback you know they should have made a, a my bloody valentine sequel that that was such a cool movie you know i, I know i don't know why it didn't do so well or whatever i don't know why that was such a cool concept they should do it again they should i agree um and then uh was it werewolves or my second i was just thinking werewolves yeah because i know this amityville werewolf <laughs> has it been done has it been done yet? no I'm, I'm pushing it i'm telling ron bach to let me make amityville werewolf and he's like thinking about it oh there was Let's an see. amityville moon or something that yeah recently but i mean you yeah know, but I, I would really make it like a werewolf movie that was a little different you know i would make it like really like you know i would i would yeah. really follow all the rules and stuff and a man and not just some you know i would definitely that'd be it awesome totally different yeah. I, I love that you're working with Ron. Uh, I've been friends he's with a, Ron. Oh, he's a great a guy, man. He's, and he's the man. He's like, I actually, my first film, uh, I tried to, to, to see if he wanted, and he's solid. He's just, uh, at the time, I guess, he wanted movies with like nudity and stuff. So, well, that was big. When I first started, they wanted nudity, 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 nudity so bad. They would push, you got to have nudity, you got to have nudity. But you know what? Now you don't need it no more. It doesn't matter no more. That's more of a, really low budget like let's say a thousand dollars six hundred dollar budget they want it because people buy those type of movies and stuff but like for the bigger stuff you don't even need it no more you know talking to like executives and stuff you don't need it and when you do have it like shark house we had nudity um we shot it both ways without it and with it you know oh that's actually what we were gonna do with uh tina uh for one of the shoots and i just decided not to shoot nudity at all because doing twice would actually sometimes be lengthier and i was just well like, she was supposed looking. to be nude she was supposed to be nude in bloody nun 2 and um she didn't want to do it for some reason she just didn't feel comfortable at the time so i said all right we'll just keep you on that was it you know yeah uh i was like, like okay let's just keep filming let's just give me the best scene possible and stuff you know and um yeah you know? i mean it happens or whatever so i'm uh but a lot of times i think i, I feel like people are expecting actors like tina to be to to just be naked in the movie and then when they're not i think it's better yeah. you know in yeah. a way because it's like we're not you know we're not going there or whatever because that's where everybody else you know expects us to you know yeah so i like that um but yeah i i love that we work uh, we work with a lot of the same people we work with G, G larry butler has worked with both of us and uh, oh larry love, he's the man yeah. oh god so larry me and him like on zombies he was very upset with me because it was like a scheduling thing where he was waiting around all day so he got upset and he was pissed off but we talked it out and stuff and now we're good and stuff and he's been in shark house i can't wait till you see shark house he was the priest in that <laughs> he was so amazing in that and stuff it was very dramatic he, he had like an irish accent um and he was amazing in scream bloody murder i was like i'm gonna make it up to you for zombies so he was a really perverted old man in a scream bloody murder like a perverted coach so he did amazing in that so you know he he was a pleasure to work with and stuff larry he's very talented and for his age to be doing that he's amazing oh he definitely i saw he hated me at first but now we're cool (laughs) you know what i don't think it was hate i think it was probably honestly i think it was just like you know, uh, when you're, when you're in that sort of situation, cause I, you know, I, I sort of know the story because mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, Larry, you know, talking with me and yeah. he's very, you know, very happy. Like he loved working on that set. So oh, he talked to me about that. That's, that. Um, that's great to hear. Yeah. So he said, you know, that there's just, uh, he was waiting around and, and then he had to say something to you about it. Yeah. And then, uh, you worked or you worked it out and you helped him 
apparently add some more stuff to his scene or something. Gave him yeah, some he was very and upset. He, I, I, he was so upset. I like I thought he was going to cry. He was so upset. I felt so bad because I'm shooting with Mike Ferguson. And he's this big tank of a man. And he, I love Mike. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. But he, you know, it took a long time to shoot him because he had so much stuff. And then Sadie Katz was like the lead. So we had to get all her stuff done. So I was trying. We only had them for a couple days. So I had to get it done. And everybody was getting angry with me. I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. And then we had to break up into two units. So John Ward went and shot stuff with Sean C. Phillips. So they were working together. And then there was another unit doing the stuff with the Perk people. But I had to focus on getting Mike and Sadie scenes done or the movie wouldn't have, you know, matched up. You know, I, I, I had to do it for continuity. But, you know, I didn't know it was going to take that long, but we got it all done. And everybody's going to get to see the movie soon. So I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about that. I want to see that movie, too. I Yeah, I had it. I had a deal in place, where, you know, but they they wanted to recoup too much money. So I decided I'm going to do a self-release on it on the VOD and myself next month and stuff. It was just all the deals. There was like no money up front. You know, the one they the one that was they wanted to take too much back. So it was just it wasn't worth it. I'll make more money self-releasing it and stuff. And, you know. It is what it is. You know, I talked to a bunch of places and it's just better for me financially to self-release it. Actually, self-releasing seems to be the more, the better route to go a lot. It of really is like all these small companies. You're not going to, you're not going to see anything, man. I hate to say it. They'll get it out there, but they're going to make all the money on the movie that you work so hard to make. It sucks, man. You know? Well, like it's like, uh, I read this story with, um, uh about uh cannibal the musical i don't know if you've ever seen that movie yes i, I love that movie that's um the, the guy from south park that was their uh, first movie exactly and they went to lloyd kaufman and they had to buy him tacos right yeah you know, usually Woody. it's the producer inviting you to lunch pays for your stuff. yo trauma yeah. is hardcore <laughs> trauma nobody's getting paid you're gonna eat cheese sandwiches they're not because there's gonna be no craft services it's i know all about the movie it's all about sleeping on the floor and making the movie if you're not hardcore you're not gonna work for trauma exactly <laughs> and but lloyd is amazing because he gave julie her first chance he inspired me i read his book i was actually gonna pa on uh what do you call it? shakespeare shitstorm but i decided to do bloody nun two instead because that's when david came around but, um, you know, he inspired me. I read his book before I went to film school. And a lot of the stuff that was in Make Your Own Damn Movie, I learned in film mm-hmm. school. So he was an amazing inspiration. I'm trying to get away from, like, the trauma crazy type of stuff, you know, now and, and become more of a serious filmmaker and stuff. But when you're first starting out, Lloyd and Trauma, those movies are so inspirational because they're so daring and just so, you know, you know, everybody's thankful to Lloyd Kaufman. He really is, like, the godfather of this, these independent films, man, you know? I agree. And he's one of those people who I make your damn movie was the, uh, the book that, that inspired me to, you know, how work. great was it? It tells you everything. It really is it, the most honest book. It tells you how to do a total production and direct. I, I love both that one. And there's another one he did called all I need to know about filmmaking. I learned from the toxic Avenger. And mm. that book was more about like how he made his uh, earlier films and everything, you know, but like, you know, but that is definitely a really good read because it goes over like budgeting and, and issues. Um, we're going to probably have to wrap this up in a little bit, but um, I, I want to say like, so you already have like your feelings for the future, right? Like sort of what, what you, the future of your films are going to be. Yes. Um, do you sort of like, are you working toward that goal right now? 
Uh, yes, I am. I am. I think, you know, I'm waiting for Shark House to come out. Obviously, that's going to be the biggest thing. That's such a jump for me. You know, me and Sean um, co-directed, but Sean was mostly focused on the acting because it was like a very, you know, you know, consuming role. He was almost like the Joker being the shark man and stuff, you know, so that, you know, that's going to be a huge level up for me. And I just want to go up from there. Um, me and Julie are working on a project. We're going to co-direct soon. We're going to do Indiegogo. We're going to announce it soon. It's the longest running Christmas horror slasher series. I can't say it's part three of the, you know, the film. I can't, I'm not allowed to say it yet. Um, but awesome. I will, that'll be my next project. Hopefully we'll shoot that in July and hopefully in, in LA, but we'll see how the campaign does. The producer's giving us a little money to start off. So, but I definitely want to get a campaign going to up, you know, up the, you know, movie production value. But um, yes, you know, after Shark House, um, comes out you know i'm looking to see what happens next hopefully lionsgate gives us more opportunities you know that's what we were told that you know if it's a big hit you're going to be making a lot of movies for us and a lot of money so let's hope that happens you know but so that means I'm, everybody has to, everybody's listening <laughs> right now has to go and buy it when it comes out so yes buy it. it's going to be in walmart they're going to push it really hard and then zombies i'm excited for that to go on vod and um people to see that you know that was our first bigger budget movie we shot it on the red cam and we had like a superstar team of indie directors, me, Sean Ward, Sean C. Phillips was learning. I was teaching Sean how to be a director in that film. Julie was her first time doing production. Um, Dave Rodriguez is a director. Um, who else? There was somebody else there that I can't think of right now, but we had like a super, oh, Rob Nemar was there. So we had like a super team of directors come mm. together to try and complete that movie. And we did a really amazing job with it. You know, it's crazy. And then um, Scream Bloody Murder was like shot on the red too. And it looks amazing. It's beautiful. And, you know, it's cheesy a little bit and stuff. You know, I wasn't there to help and stuff, but it's a pretty fun, you know, horror comedy, a slasher, you know, horror slasher, I guess you would say and stuff, you know, and it's Julie's, Julie was amazing in it. She became like the lead girl and stuff. And you had a lot of names in it. And then Shark House is a cult classic. I'm telling you, it is so freaking good, man. I'm so proud just watching it. I am so proud that we all created that. We had so much talent on that set and it was just beautiful. And then Bloody Nun, I got a chance to do Bloody Nun right with the reboot. There might be a Bloody Nun 2 reboot too coming later in the year. And then uh, I'm going to be focusing on Julie and me, um, you know, getting her ready to direct and doing YouTube. I want to do like satire YouTube shorts like Julie versus Chucky and Michael Myers and stuff, you know, just have fun with it and stuff, you know, because my yeah. YouTube is. My YouTube is like a source of income. I take my YouTube serious. So I want to get more serious. And I'm also going to be podcasting. I'm bringing back Far Down the Rabbit Hole, which I stopped doing, where it's like kind of what you do, just deep diving into movies and interesting stories and kind of reviewing it and stuff, you know, and having horror guests on, you know, once a week, I'll be doing that. So once a week. Okay, cool. Yeah, once a week, probably every Monday or Tuesday. Um, It's just, you know, I'm waiting to see what happens with these movies. So I'm in no rush. Like Shark House is big and we'll see what opportunities come. I want to, you know, I have to crowdfund on this next one because, you know, I want to bring the budget up. But hopefully at one point go away from crowdfunding, you know, hopefully next year we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah, uh, crowdfunding is great, especially when you can kind of um, bring in the, uh, the fans, you know, the yeah. people who are you know, into this stuff. But then again, like you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of backlash when you do a lot of this stuff. So 
you know, if you had investors, it's a little, yeah. you know, in a way it's a little easier to handle because you don't have like 20,000 people screaming at you about. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's hurtful, man. Even scream bloody murder. People leave nasty comments and stuff. And it's like, I have no control over it no more. Things happen and stuff. And it's like, I don't know when the Blu-ray is coming out. I don't know when the movie's coming out. I hope they release it soon, but it's like, I did my best. I produced it. I paid, helped paid for all the locations and we tried to make the best movie possible. You know, it's like, you know, we did an amazing thing. I think that's the first Indiegogo that's going to be a 2B exclusive. You know, that's freaking awesome. You know, that is awesome. You know, and then we did Shark House. Like this is the Mahal's got a Lionsgate film. But after the Mahal's, we got a Lionsgate film. You know, we're only the second Indiegogo to do that. They had their Bloodthirst movie and our movie. And then the Mahal's, I'm not knocking them, but half of their movies haven't even come out yet and stuff. And it's like people still support them and stuff. So it's like, how, yeah. how can you say that about me when you haven't got a Blu-ray from a movie they did like four years ago and stuff? It takes time. It's a long process. You know, you know, they're making the movies, you know, we're making yeah. the movie. There's pictures on Facebook. There's actors in it who were hired. So what is the, you know, the, the issue? Like, what do we, these are fake pictures. These are, you know? Yeah. Well, the Mahals, yeah, they've, they've got a, a lot of, you know, a lot of projects that they're doing constantly. And then, yeah. you know, and, and some of them haven't come out, but, you know, I think a couple are coming out like right now. Like they're coming, yeah, that's what happens. And, and those stuff. those were like three years ago, two years ago. So it takes time. It's a long process. And yeah, it's a long process. And I think more people got to understand that. But then again, you know what? I mean, uh, I guess you can't do nothing about uh, people's expectations. So they yeah. just gotta, you know, gotta just her- let people understand it. Yeah, it's just you know because we everybody worked hard. Everybody gave it their all, and just did so much work like julie did so much with scream bloody murder i don't think she slept for a week she didn't sleep sean went through sean has ptsd from that movie you know and it's like it's it's everybody went through so much and for us to be called names and this and that and people make up lies and stories it it hurts man it really hurts but it's just part of the game and you have to be a tank rodney dangerfield said it just be a tank keep moving no matter what be a tank be a tank so that's what you have to be man but it's been an amazing journey zom ghouls is coming out first and then uh, shark house and screen bloody murder i have no idea but you know I'm, I'm still proud of that movie too they busted their asses on that set and they went through a lot of adversity but they made a fun movie you know yeah and you said that's going to be a 2b exclusive 2b exclusive if you, if you look on 2b there's 2b movies that say like titanic 666 it's like a 2b premiere exclusive i gotta look at it and see but um that's it's gonna be one of those you know cool well, so it's, I a mean, stu- it's a studio movie. It's like Tubi picked it up and they're focusing on that and they're pushing it like that. So it's not like a regular Tubi, like Bloody Nun 2. It's a Tubi exclusive, you know? Or a Tubi original. Let me see. I'm going to look on Tubi on my phone right now because <laughs> I always mix it up. But is it already out on there or no? No, it's not out yet. I don't know what they're doing. The last thing before the oh, Tubi original. It's called the Tubi original. Like there's a new one that just put up right now, Bad Influence. So it's going to be like that, a Tubi original. Um. I had to I had to turn over the rights to the company that company Safer Entertainment so I have no idea what they're doing. The last I heard it was going through quality control and it was going to be like thirty thousand dollars to pay for all the quality control and I was like I can't do this no more. Aww. I can't you know I can't do it no more. Well there you go. Uh, I mean you have to sometimes you gotta let a let a project go and and stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, I get asked about a project that I had a I had to back out of um, and not because of any any bad problems or anything. It was just I got too busy. I was moving at the time that we were yeah. planning to do everything and I just couldn't focus on it. So I gave it to some other people and then people have been asking, you know, but ask me what, what's going on with that movie. And I'm just like, eh. I mean, yeah. I have no, I, I can ask the people, but they're, you know, 
and uh, fucking COVID hit and nobody was able to film for oh, two, man, you know, basically. Hard. So for two years. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know? This is the hardest business in the world. It's like, you have all these kids who go to, you know, film school and they're rich and they buy all the equipment and stuff. And then guys like me and you and Dave buy all the equipment on eBay yeah. <laughs> price because they don't last. They end up quitting and stuff. You know, I, I do. I do hire DPs and stuff because I have no idea how to fucking make my own movies, you know, and shit. I, yeah, I was I trained. Am- I was trained. trained. There you I go. was trained in film school. They teach you everything, but it took me a while to you be confident enough to be DP and stuff. Like it was my, I think a short film Dead Yard was the first time I did it. I was like, oh shit, I could shoot. I know how to shoot. I know how to break down shots and everything and stuff, you know. And it's you know I'm not the best, but I could shoot a feature. You know, I could shoot a feature, and it, if you have a red camera or a black magic, it looks awesome. You know. Mm-hmm, definitely. So I just like, don't. I don't have an eye for that. Like I know that. Um, I yeah, think, that's okay. You should think, try though. You should try and shoot mm, something nope. short. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Yeah, I, like I have no itch, like, and I have no interest in editing either. I'm not an editor. I'm not a DP. I just don't think that way. Like, my brain is not I get focused it. on that. But I am like, when I direct, I tell my yeah. DP where to go, or you know, if if something's not going to work because you know maybe the mirror's there and yeah. you know it catches a reflection, you know, uh, they'll generally tell me maybe this is where we should get. You know what I mean? And I listen to that. You know, like I let people do, but. I also move things around and I help the DP get where I would like them to be, you know? Let me tell I, you something really cool about cinematography. Okay. What am I doing with my eyes right now? Do you see that? Looks like you're blinking. Yeah. Blinking. So blinking is a cut. So if you notice in a movie, a blink is a cut. Every time there's a cut, it's basically a blink. So I remember that was like my first day in cinematography. They showed us that and stuff. So every time you see a cut in a movie now, just think about it. It's like blinking and stuff. So you're going to see it next time you watch something, you're going to see the blink. Oh, it's God, a cut. It's a cut. So that's, that's editing. That's, you know, it's just, you know, framing. So framing a shot, you know, you never want somebody in the middle of the camera. They should be off to the right or off to the left a little bit. Never directly in the, you know, in the middle right. ever. Headroom, uh, you gotta watch headroom. You know, you don't want to give him a cut haircut, but you want to have, you know, don't want too much headroom. So, well, there's the times where I'm like, oh, I want you to be over here, and then they'll be the DP will yeah. be like, oh, you can't because that breaks the, uh, I forgot what it's called, the uh, line, the one, the one, yeah, the what is it, the 180 rule or something, the like 180 that? rule or something, yeah. yeah. So like, there's certain certain places you can't cross. So I. I don't know these things. So I just go, okay, well, let's just shoot over here then, you know, or the whatever. best is like the The best is like film set jargon. Like it was a while since I was on big sets. So you work with all these PAs out of film school and they're using set jargon, all these weird things. And it took me a long, a long time to remember. I was like, Oh my God, I haven't heard that since like 2010, 2011. So getting used to set jargon and then you start doing it because everybody understands. Right. You know? like, exactly. <laughs> like, what am I saying? But you just have to do it. Cause that's how everybody communicates. All I say is back to one. I mean, yeah, back, to why. back to one. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't say, uh, what is it? Uh, check the gate. Cause you don't have to check the gate anymore. No, no, you know? no. So I still it, say rolling. I know it now they say speeding. I still say rolling because that's how I was taught. You know, I think the last shoot I went on, I said pictures up. You know? <laughs> hey, that, that works too. Man. I, I, but that it's works too. Yeah. But it's like so silly, you know, because know. like it, it feels weird. Doesn't it always feel weird to be saying action, you know, like I like uh, it. Well, well, I use it. So I use my action to manipulate the scene. If it's a really intense scene, I'll be like action. If it's a really calm scene to break the ice, I'll be like action. 
you know so you use it to really the intensity of the scene and stuff yeah you know? definitely i never thought about that i might have to yeah yeah sam yeah. learning from you already be really um, be really hands-on with actors because i came from new york city acting school so i was dealing with all these theater actors they're like don't teach me how to act don't do this that's stupid you're the director you have to get what you want in your actors and you have to mm. give them direction and be hands-on and show them you know don't be intimidated by that i was when i first started because i was an actor too and you know there was a lot of method actors out there in the city and they would get mad at you no i'm the director i need you to do it this way i need to get you this from you and stuff there's nothing wrong with that oh alfred hitchcock hated uh we were doing a uh, larry and i actually do a podcast yeah. together called hooked on hitchcock so we've been watching amazing all the oh, I, I, I gotta watch that man he's one of my big inspirations so well, it's a it's a podcast, so it's a, like audio, but we okay. talk a lot about uh, the different things. And one of the things I've learned from Hitchcock, because I read a lot about him and everything, mm-hmm. uh, is that he uh, he hates method actors. He hated method actors. Oh, and, they're brutal. Uh, and so there's one uh, movie. Um, I think it was The Wrong Man. No, it wasn't The Wrong Man. Have other- you ever been yelled at by a method actor? Um. Not to my knowledge. It, I don't when you know. work with them, it, it will happen. You're gonna get yelled at by a method actor. It's just that's how they worked with that, That's how they work, man. They go crazy. They really get into it, and they have a temper, and they'll bring it at you, man. So you just have to be be ready. I don't for think it. I've hired a method actor yet. Um, See, I'm, I'm a my. I was Meisner trained. I, I studied method the longest. I even studied Shakespeare, but Meisner was the one that you know. It's all rep, it's all responsing. It's like you're reacting. It's all about reaction and repetition and stuff um method i was trying so hard to get it like the sense memory but for some reason i just couldn't get it my brain wouldn't process it but i react to uh, meisner when i'm playing off of somebody you know for some reason i'm way better at that with method i'm just not good at it. i couldn't get it i don't know if i wasn't smart enough but i just couldn't get it you know and i studied method for almost like two years man you know so i just couldn't do yeah. it. <laughs> i just couldn't see where the teacher was trying to show me man and i just like but meisner was the best one that i ever studied my former roommate, one of my, my first former roommate, she was a, uh, she was a, uh, Meisner actress mm-hmm. and she went and studied out in, um, LA and, uh, mm-hmm. she, uh, oh man, I, I loved her to death, but man, did she have like moments because like their stuff sometimes is intense. So like, oh my God, you smack, you're, you're allowed to hit each other. You're allowed to smack each other. In the you face are. You're and, allowed. I seen I seen guys smack girls and girls smack guys. You're allowed. So the teacher goes, "What's next? What's your next response?" Oh, uh, I don't know. You would hit him, and then you you're allowed to smack somebody in a scene. Yeah, because you're crazy afraid to that? do shit like that. Yeah, how um, crazy is that? Well, she was like taught something where if you're and and I could be wrong and I could be misdoing this, so don't quote me on this exactly. But from what I understood, like if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling happy. You have to train yourself automatically to be like upset or sad or something, oh you know. And so every morning, I didn't know, you know, at times. And I love her to death, but like there was moments where I wasn't know which one I was gonna get. And yeah. so, and and that was interesting, you know, a little bit. It was, you know, I I could see the methods of the madness when you know, like Sean had to do that Shark Man. You know, nobody messed with him. He was like possessed. He was like intense and stuff and it was scary he was scaring everybody because he had to become that character and then he had the makeup on and stuff that's um, awesome he was, he was even walking like him and stuff so you have to he was doing the lip thing like the joker because he had the teeth in and stuff um like Heath ledger so you just have to 
let them be, man, because you're going to get something mm. really amazing from them. So I respect it a lot. I just wasn't capable of doing it for some reason. I don't know what it was. Maybe I needed more time, but I just wasn't capable of doing it. Yeah. Well, I, I still act. I act in my stuff. but Yeah, me um, too. I'm going to start acting more too and stuff. It's just, it's so overwhelming directing and putting a production together. You're just like, ah, screw it. I'd just rather just be behind the camera and get the movie done. You know? it's, it's easier, especially if you're like, you know, acting and directing at the same time. It's tough because you're, you know, you need some people behind you. You need like an assistant or somebody to make sure that you're, you know, that, that the scene is good because, you know, or whatever, you know, like, um, so I, I agree. Um, but it, it happens. I'm, I'm happy doing all, all of it if I can, um, just not editing and, uh, DPing, uh, just cause yeah. I'm not Rodriguez. I can't, I can't do it all, you know? And yeah, he's the man. He's the man. That's he a great is. book too. That's, that's, that's a great book. Yeah. I love that book. Uh, it was, once yeah. again, it was another book that inspired me, you know, into filmmaking, you know, and everything. Kevin Smith inspired me, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, and uh, Sam Raimi. Like, those guys. Wow, those are all my people, too. We're very similar. Those are all yeah. the guys who inspired me. I, I met amazing. Sam Raimi at a, a convention, and I, he was the only person in anybody I've ever met that I, like, actually got nervous to meet. Like, most of the other people, even Robert, uh, Robert England, I yeah. wasn't nervous meeting him, you know? Uh, but fucking Sam Raimi sitting in a lot of line waiting. I was like shaking, you know, and shit. And I think yeah. it's because like Evil Dead is probably one of my favorite horror films. Well, know? Evil Dead, think of all the stuff they went through. They they had a low budget. They had to go. They bought that house and beat the shit out of it. They all got sick. It was like freezing and they still got the movie done. Like it's such an amazing story. The story of the first Evil Dead. And then the they did Evil Dead 2, which was essentially a bigger budget remake and stuff. So it's like it's it's amazing, man. It's so inspirational. It really that, is. What they went through to get that done is amazing. They got another. Uh, they got a, a book that I don't know if you've read, but the Bruce Campbell's book, uh, "If Chins Could Kill." Uh, oh, I never read that. That sounds amazing. Oh, you should, uh, because he really goes into the business aspect of producing, and wow. goes into like you know how how they got investors for for the, this movies and stuff, and he goes all the way up to like. Uh, I guess whatever the one of the last ones he did before, like he got famous, you know, or whatever. So it was, yeah. it was a really, well, I'm, a really I'm definitely, good gonna, definitely gonna check it out. That sounds really interesting. Well, thank you so much. Is there a way that people can like contact you or check out your stuff? Yes, I'm on Facebook, Will Calaza, but on my YouTube, Nemesis Beast, which is my gaming tag, and my Facebook, Nemesis Beast. Um, follow me on there. I'll be live streaming every Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday games if you're into gaming. And YouTube, it's where I'm going to put a lot of content and stuff. TikTok, I'm active on there, Nemesis Beast again. Um, I have a podcast coming out far down the rabbit hole. We'll bring it back. It's going to be a horror movie podcast. So that's pretty much it. And the movies which are coming out, look for Night of the Zomgles and Amityville Shark House. I'm so thankful um a lot of fun stuff and we're going to be doing an indiegogo soon too for this movie i can't name right now <laughs> that's awesome i can't it's wait. a lot of stuff man we're going crazy julie's crazy i'm crazy oh, it's yeah. too much just getting well, stuff done yeah i'm just thankful i'm thankful i have the opportunities and i also have a good career where i make a good salary so i'm able to pick and choose my projects so that's where i'm really fortunate you know i'm really fortunate you, you have like, a regular job you know yes i have a regular job but i get five weeks a year for vacation so that's when i do my movies 
that's smart you know yeah so that's that's how i would do it and you know that job pays my bills so it's sad i haven't really made money like i want to off of these projects because some bad deals like screen bloody murder i was supposed to get like a thirty thousand dollar payout but you know because i had to give up the film i never saw that you know so it's Mm. just that was the one where i was gonna get paid the most you know so well you'll get another one yeah, I'll get mm-hmm. another one. And I'm just honored to, you know, be able to do this. And thank you for this opportunity to be able to talk and stuff. I know I'm kind of a controversial person in the community, but yeah, you can see I'm a I nice mean, guy, you know. I don't I don't think you're really honestly, you're not that controversial. I mean, we talk about there's a lot that. of people who have drama or whatever, but I feel yeah. like, you know, I haven't really heard your name in a bad tone, you know. Oh, that's like, good. I Man, but I've seen some obviously posts. we we also yeah. work with a lot of the same people and yeah maybe we don't associate with the people that you know like, okay that, that's do. good so that, that might be good. the thing it's uh, good to hear it's good yeah to hear. so just keep making your movies man i mean that's that's it you've got as you said you've got a bunch of stuff you're producing with sean sean's yeah. got a lot of stuff he's got well, sean on. sean's doing his own thing now he kind of he's kind of broke off he's, he's working with lauren francesca they're doing their own thing like i haven't been involved since um karen that was the last one that i edited all the other ones were a deal that i got for sean through ron and then it's been sean and lauren so i'm not involved in those projects so now me and julie are kind of doing our own thing now we're moving forward but sean sean man i gotta say this about sean he uh on all the projects he wanted to put all the money into the movies he didn't care about getting paid and i'm sure he's using that same thing now and stuff you know i know he funds movies through paypal now and stuff but sean has never been paid a dime from me or any of the campaigns so i'm sure he's raising even more money now and just all the youtube channel that probably gets him yeah he makes a lot of money on youtube too and yeah. You know, maybe maybe we'll be able to work together again soon and stuff. But I know right now he's focusing on doing the movies with uh, Lauren Francesca. Yeah. So hopefully we could because it was a team. It was me, Julie, and Sean. And you know, I guess because we're on different coasts, maybe you know he wanted to do a different project. So I yeah. can't do a movie every month. Sean wants to do a movie like every month. It's, I can't. I just, you know, I'll. <laughs> I I'll can't. say that. That's. But see, I can't. <laughs> and that's, I'll that's, die. That's, once again that becomes the thing like you, yeah. you were saying about the mahal brothers when you're doing once a month well that's what he wants to do he out. wants to yeah. be like the mahal so i just can't with my job and my life and i have julie i have a dog i i, I can't man it just takes so much out well, of me i just can't wait till all of them are out and and yeah. you know whatnot um i'm i'm excited there's so much going on right now uh in the indie scene thank you so I'm we have to- let, yeah so we have, um, you'll be seeing Zomgul's next month on VOD and then hopefully soon on Blu-ray and VHS. Um, Amityville Thanksgiving was a really low budget one, but it's fun. Um, Amity built Bigfoot. I know they're close to having out. Karen, we finished. That should be coming out. Um, I'm Blu-ray. actually going to be buying that later next month. You know. Yeah, it's, it's fun, man. I had fun editing it and it's, it's, it's different and it's fun. And it's Sean's style. Sean has a totally different style where... He doesn't go by a script. He goes by an outline and the whole movie's improv. You know, I'm, I'm kind of against that. I'm traditional with everything, but he makes it work for him. They make it work and stuff. I don't, you know, it's not a style that I could do. It's his own special style that he's creating. And it, it's cool, man. People are going to, I think people will like it. So, you know, I can't, I can't wait to see what they do next. I can't wait to wait either. I just, yeah. And I bet everybody else can either, you know, because this is yeah. the, the indie community just loves coming together and helping each well the good thing about it is like me and julie like and we all got together and now julie's a writer she's more than like in the action she's a writer and now sean he did like a training thing on zom goals and like shark house 
and now he's a director and he's doing all these things. So people have grown and are doing all different things. Tell John Ward, we want to see a movie from him. What is he doing? We need to see more movies from John Ward. Yes. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's been working on that. So we'll, we'll see more uh, Axmases from him coming yeah. up. So he's doing a lot of stuff, you know, um, as well. And I love that. I love everybody that's out there. Fucking Larry Butler's out there doing stuff every, you know, every day pretty much. So yeah, and even listen, Jonathan, like for advice for you, like for the future and stuff, even if you have to do like a Dustin Ferguson movie, like, you know, like something really like, like shit and low budget to get, just to get something out there to get stuff out there do it man even if you got to make something like that where he just throws it together and he's just like this and that no just do it and get it out there man you'll feel so proud of yourself you know i give him props you know i, I people clown him whatever he gets shit out there though he gets it done you know i mean it's it done the and then yeah that helps that helps everybody else because everybody else is like oh shit this guy gets shit done and so i'm gonna you know work with him you like know? david sterling he's all about boobs and blood but he gave me my start and without him, I wouldn't have these opportunities. And he taught me how to do that LA style of filmmaking of indie filmmaking, where you make a movie for a thousand dollars, $600 here in New York. So I was able to bring that and do this here in New York. And it, it's amazing, but I know you got to wrap it up and yep. stuff. We're going in like a great direction now too, but <laughs> it's been a blast, man. It's been a blast. Definitely. Thanks well, I'll me. have you back on sometime, dude. Definitely. Any, anytime, brother, let me know. Definitely, dude. Well, thank you so much. And everybody else, thank you guys for listening. I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. And let me know how everything uh, is, if you guys are enjoying this. Uh, next week, I think we've got uh, Natalie, uh, your your star of... Uh, Natalie uh, Perry. She's yes, awesome. Natalie Perry. Uh, so I'm really excited to have her come on and uh, chat. So uh, look forward to that, everybody. Um, Axe how she likes shooting Bloody Nun, <laughs> the remake. <laughs> I, I will. I'll definitely. That'll be one of the conversations that we're definitely having. So yeah, thank you she's so cool. much. She's 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 good people. Yes, uh, I love her to death. So I can't wait. Yeah. All right, everybody, have a good one, and uh, talk to you later. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>